How's everybody doing? Uh, this is the fourth podcast we're doing on the Asian Cup for the Iranian campaign. Our our country, Team Medley, uh, we're going to be discussing the Qatar match, which with that vital win, we're going to, we qualified for the quarterfinals. We're going on to the next stage, but before also we're going to be speaking about the UAE match, which that's another crucial match because if we win, we're going to definitely avoid <laughs> Japan. And today we have a special guest uh, from Beyond the Pinch, Anto, which I I just want to thank him personally for coming on. Anto, how you doing, my friend? And uh, can you tell us about Beyond the Pitch to the Viewers, which is uh, which is one of my favorite podcasts that I've uh, always listened to? Hey, first of all, hi, fellas, and uh, thanks for having me on. Um, Beyond the Pitch, right? Sirius XM on Mondays and Fridays, and we're also do we also work with One World Sports, who is carrying. Uh, every AFC Asian Cup match uh, on their network, and we do a lot of work with them throughout this whole tournament. And uh, I've been very, very excited to see what's going to happen with this tournament. And so far, so far, got a couple of duds in terms of the matches, but uh, I think overall this has been a pretty good showing by the AFC. Definitely, it's one of my favorite channels, so it's definitely worth listening to. Um, so my first question to you guys: It's uh, thoughts on the overall match, and I'm going to answer this uh, to Sarkar Hashimi. Uh, Sarkar, Shimi, can you just tell us, like, elaborate on um, what you saw, your thoughts on the overall game of how we played against Qatar? Yes, thank you, Pasha. Uh, yeah, I think uh, everybody saw that we played uh, uh, not a good game against Qatar. We didn't uh, keep the ball enough. We didn't play in uh, ball position. And uh, as I told you before, uh, we are very dominated uh, uh, when we don't have a ball. But uh, but when we get the ball, we didn't have any any plan, and I'm very happy. I'm very happy to saw Sardar Arnold played as I told you before. You mm-hmm. know, you know, we we, we have uh, we have uh, two two different kind of players, and the one player is good, and he can score. He is successful, and another player is good, and he also take care that his team plays better. That is the little bit difference between Sardar and. Guchani Nejad, uh, or maybe uh, Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh and uh, Shujai or someone else. They are these are players. They play very good and they take care that the team plays also better because of their uh, own uh, exceptional quality. We we call it here in Netherlands maybe X factor. You you cannot have any explanation for that, but they have uh, extras. And but Iran played uh, as we thought. Defending and defending and searching for one chance, and uh, and they, they have done it. Even we played very bad. I believe we had three three good chances, and you have to think if we play good, we can create much more chances. We didn't play without any 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 accent. We didn't have any uh, the elements in our game, and uh, no 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 any 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 uh, between the lines. We didn't know. Who is the, who is the leader in in the lines? You know, and uh, we couldn't we couldn't uh, uh, put or or dominate game the, the 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 way we have to do that if we have a ball. That's what I think. Sina, would you like to add anything? Um, yeah, I think Massage for me uh, really pointed out everything there was. I thought yeah. the first half we we looked a little, little bit out of depth. I think we weren't as good going forward. Um, we kept the ball a little bit better, in my opinion. I'm not too sure if everyone else agrees or not, but certainly in terms of uh, position, we have different passes in the against Bahrain, which was positive. But at the same time, I think when Nekunam was on the ball, he was looking for passes, you know, making things happen, putting a, you know, building up game, and, and it didn't really happen for his first half. He we struggled to uh, to create chances. I think part of that was, uh, you know, against Bahrain, Ghafuri pushed forward really well from his uh, fullback position. He he wasn't able to do that uh, with the freedom that he had against Bahrain. I kind of put that down to uh, the Qatari left back uh, being a threat going forward. So uh, Ghafuri wasn't able to push forward and leave that all that space behind uh, for it to get exposed. Um, we left that we we used our left hand side a lot more. I thought Harsafi. Uh, played a lot wider than he did against Bahrain. He was on the ball much more, getting the crosses in. But uh, yeah, and, and Osman, he did okay as well. Uh, putting aside his goal, he, I 
look look a player is good. Um, I think is is better than Kuchan uh, Nejad, and uh, you could see that as well. So yeah, I think um, I think it was a good game. Uh, another clean sheet. I thought defensively we were tested a lot more. So uh, a clean sheet is of course another. It's always a positive, no matter who you play against. Anto, I know that you uh, labeled Iran as a dark horse uh, coming to this uh, Asian Cup. Um, have they satisfied fully that with that performance that she saw, not only against the Bahrain game, but versus Qatar too? Um, I picked them as a dark horse. And the reason, I think first before we go into the talking about what dark horse mm-hmm. means, is let's get a little definition. I don't consider them a, one of the favorites to win this tournament, but I consider Iran to be one of those teams where on their day they can knock out a favorite. Or on their on their day, they could push um, a club that may be a favorite, like our nation that may be a favorite, like a South Korea, to penalties, maybe steal something. Um, that that's always how I saw Iran. And when I've watched them over the first couple of matches, the two things you take away is it's two clean sheets. They continue to they continue to excel in closing down space. They they haven't played their best football, and they continue to win. And that's the mark to me of a team that should they get out of this this first round, which they did, they can cause a little noise. And I think that for Iran is ultimately what they have to do. Um, you take the Qatar match. Qatar match showed me a lot more about Iran ultimately than the Bahrain match did because Qatar was something of an informed team coming out of the Gulf Cup. As we all know, they won that in Riyadh. So I was very curious to see what would happen when those two matched up. And quite frankly, on the day, they were better than Qatar. And Let's not lose sight of the fact that you know the preparation for the Iranian team going into this tournament was a little bit hampered. I think we talked about sanctions and whatnot. Whether or not they had enough, they had enough time together to pull this together in time. I still think they're going to get better as this as this goes forward. And quite frankly, I think they've got a pretty dynamic coach who uh, who, will, who will help them get better as this tournament goes on. That, so if I'm an Iranian fan and I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, certainly this is more glass half filled than it is half empty thank you Bobak anything you'd like to add um, I think the guys all uh, covered a lot of important points uh, one thing a couple of things if I can add is first of all uh, I don't think we played that badly considering this is our style of play We're, we haven't mastered uh, let's say the counter attack uh, uh, in the right, uh, with the right elements yet, because we're very wasteful with our chances off the counter attacks. Either we're sometimes a little bit slow to transition, or at other times the player that's making the run it happened to be Kuchan Ejad a few times. Heydari uh, uh, had a chance, Dejago as well. So we could have easily had this uh, game as a three nil. But uh, defensively, very impressive again. That's basically what our game is based on. As long as the defense is solid, we're always going to have a chance to score goals, even off set plays. Um, I was happy that Osmoon got a start. I think that uh, we can see signs of the future direction of Team Melli. Poor Ali Ganji was impressive in defense again. I think he blocked the chance of the... A header from Muntari as well, and he could have easily scored as well. Temurian looked back to his best. Uh, he was excellent on uh, against Qatar. Nekunam looked a little bit more involved than uh, he has been in recent times. So there was a lot of positives overall. Uh, I was nervous quite a lot because Qatar looked much more dangerous than Bahrain, and on another day we could have easily conceded the goal. But uh, this is the style of play that we have. It's going to be defensive, it's going to be counter-attacking, no matter who we're playing against. We're going to have a lot of nail-biting moments against us, uh, and against better opponents, it's going to get a little bit scrappy, so uh, we better get ready for that. Anything you'd like to add, Pejman, to your thoughts on overall Qatar match? No, I think uh, Bobak uh, summed it up, and I do agree that it wasn't that bad of a performance from us, uh, That, uh, as Bobak said and other guys. Uh, this is our style of play, and this is uh, the team melee that we have. Uh, we must not forget that this, this is the fourth game in a row that we haven't conceded a goal. No matter what, uh, after 90 minutes, it's all about scoring more goals than your opponents. Uh, no matter how bad we play, we, seem, we still seem to be able to win the games. And after all, that's what Carlos Kairaj has done for us. Thank you. Can I, can I add something, uh, Fasha? There you go. Head, go for yeah, it. I agree with Babak and uh, Bejman. You know, you know uh, uh, of course, three points are very important. And we have to win, we have to go to second round. But the counter-attack is also a way to play football. That's the, what the trainer choosing for. To counter-attack or not. If 
you want to counterattack, that means you have to choose for the player who can uh, finish it. We had almost six or seven different opportunities in counterattack uh, to 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 make another goal. So we didn't do that because we don't have a counterattack. I think what you guys. Uh, misunderstanding we don't play counter-attack we play reaction football the reaction football is how we scored the goal it, it wasn't a great great uh, tackle from the Taimurian who gave the ball to the Jaga and uh, Sardar with the fantastic uh, the, the ball he scored the goal that is reaction football but counter-attack if you want to counter-attack you need different player in in the front line you need a speedy player you need a technical player you need a player who can go to the space that's what i think but, but don't you think that uh, in Ashkan Dejava, in Masoud Shojai, in um, Sadar Azmun or Reza Gushan Nejad, you have those speedy and skillful players I mean, yes. they're not they're not finishing the chances, but uh, you have the right ingredients. Uh, even with Jahan Baksh, if he comes off the bench, or maybe even Heydari, those are the players that are uh, suited for counterattack. Let's say we are trying to do something, but we're not able to execute it no, because, because of the, the quality of players. Because of the quality, exactly. If you uh, you know the Sardar, <coughs> I'm sure Sardar is the player he can play also in counterattack, but not the Guchan in Ajat. And you, for counter-attack, you need three elements. One, you have to get the ball first, which are the defenders or central uh, midfielders in the defending role. And second one, you play the ball uh, uh, the other side of field, which is Ashkan Dejaga or Teimurian. They get the ball. And then uh, after that, you need other speedy or good uh, forward or uh, striker who can go to the space, who can get the ball, and who can score it. Ashkan Dejaga is doing perfect. He's, 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 very, he's very much higher than Asian football. But he is not Ashkan Dejaga, the player who can run from uh, uh, in 50, 60 meters and finish it up. Ashkan can, you can give the ball to Ashkan, and Ashkan can give the ball to player is running in the space and Taimurian is great to get the ball from an opponent you know I think if if you want to play counter-attack real contractor a structural counter-attack you need a speedy player you need through Shrafi you need Arireza Jahambash in, in, in uh, you don't have to bring Kuchani Najadin you don't need uh, Shojai you understand I, I think there's a little bit different between counter-attack football and reaction football Mm -hmm. We play much more reaction football than counter-attack. That's my, what I think. Yeah. I, have a, I have another question. Um, going back to Sadar Azmoun, because we know we, we all agreed on that he, I mean, I, I was shocked to see him start over Guchen Ajad, and uh, he seemed in this tournament that he's going to be more of a giant uh, super sub coming off the bench. Um, he came on, he scored a world-class goal. Um, it was one of the probably the best goals I've ever seen in my life, coming from a reigning player. What does that mean for him? And uh, what do you think Kairos dropped Guchanajad onto? Uh, I want to pick up that point on the, on the uh, reaction football yeah. rather than counterattack. Yeah. And this kind of all feeds into this because I get the sense when I watch Kairos, it's almost I'm watching a version of the way Mourinho does things. People mischaracterize Mourinho as a counterattacking manager. Mourinho is the manager who likes to maximize transitions, right? And what he's looking for is game situations in which you can reverse the field very, very quickly and maybe catch maybe catch a defense out of position and, and jump on that. Is that what you mean? I forget your, the gentleman's name who raised this point, but is that when you're talking reaction football, is that what you're talking about? It's more about a transition game more than, say, necessarily a counterattacking game? I think the counterattack, uh, in counterattack football, which means uh, you have to be very fast to finish it up. Right. That's right. You can right. play the long ball to, to the player uh, who is striking, but the reaction football is uh, you, 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 you get the ball uh, somewhere somewhere on, on the, the field of, of the opponent. Right. Much closer, much closer 
to the to the box of the, of the for example getter you know you can see how where uh, Taimurian made 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 a tackle like I, like for like for instance I consider what South Korea did to Australia today the, yes. the purest form of counterattacking football that I've seen in this tournament yet because they use Sun Young Min to burst into, sp into space and they look for that guy coming in late who's going to finish for them but when I watch Iran. I see a team that's looking to met, to look for short transitions and create mismatches. That to me is the difference between what South Korea does and what Iran does. You know, you know, for the counter attack, you need you need very fast players. You, the Khosrowhidar is not very fast. Shoja is not is not fast. Guchanijad is not fast. They have qualities, much quality, too many qualities, but not for counter attack football. They can keep the ball. They can show many good things mm -hmm. but the players who just run to the goal of the opponent they you need kind of player of course with other qualities for counter attack but what you just gave about korea i think is, is correct anything else you guys like to add seen uh bob actor pejman i think i think uh Anto made a very good example because uh, watching this team Kind of reminds me of uh, Chelsea under Mourinho, as he said, you know, living and feeding on the opposition mistakes mm -hmm. and trying to capitalize on it, which is what Chelsea certainly did last season in uh, in, in a lot of uh, big games apart from the Arsenal game, and uh, that's what we, that's what Iran certainly does as well, um, staying alert for the entire game, just waiting for that moment when you see the space, when you see the defender or the midfielder of the opposition making that mistake. And you capitalize on it, and I think that was a great example, and uh, yeah, they've uh, they put out really well. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm going back to my uh, other question that I was speaking on earlier because we all agreed that uh, Osman was going to be a giant sub. I wasn't expecting uh, Guchanejo to get dropped for him, um, but he scored a world class goal. Uh, what does that goal mean for him, and why would you think that uh, Kairos dropped Guchanejo and started Osman Babak? Uh, I think that. Uh... Kirsch has seen what we've seen over the last few months when we've mm -hmm. seen Gucci. He scored some important goals for us, but overall, he's quite isolated. The lines between the midfield and attack is quite... Uh the space between them is quite broad, and he's running around, closing down players as much as he can, but he's not the type of player who's going to cause damage to the opponent with his back to goal. So, Osmond offers a different dimension of the attack. I think that over the last few months, Kairos has watched him during a lot of friendly games. He's seen him show signs that he's ready to step up, and he offers a threat where he can actually take on the defender and get past them. Like Mr. Hashemi said, Hushan Najat is not a speedy player. He's a, he's a poacher. He's someone who's there at the end of the line, who's able to tap in shots or he can get through and give him a shot and he has a clinical chance to finish. But Azmoon is someone who can create something out of nothing. And with our style of football, which we want to call it counter-attacking or reactionary football, it's something where our chances are going to be coming at a premium. So Sardar Azmoon, the fact that he scored that goal, I think it cemented the... Uh, cemented the reality that he's probably going to start again if he's fit. Gushan Ajot came on. You can see that he was stressed. Uh, mentally, he was a little bit uh, all over the place. He wanted to impress Kirosh, but all he did was frustrate the manager and mess up every chance that came along to him, either by choosing to shoot when he could have passed or pass when he could have uh, shot or took in too long on the ball and lost the ball. So you could see Kirosh was going crazy on the byline because he was actually the source of ending most of our chances when he came on the pitch. So if Asmon is fit, I think he's going to continue starting for the as we go ahead in this tournament. Yeah, regarding your question about uh, Osmond, I do agree with uh, with the analysis. And uh, what we seen in uh, in Osmond is uh, is just as Bobak said, somebody that creates something out of nothing. Uh, and uh, the, the goal all started with actually from nothing when uh, Taimurian uh, <coughs> made a great tackle. Uh, I also believe that. Uh, uh, Osmond will start the next game, but uh, I think now uh, he's got some more pressure on him than before because uh, in the game against Qatar he came in as like like a, like a, like a surprise uh, uh, guy uh, because uh, Gucci didn't play well. Now 
the next game, if he's going to start, people will have demands on him already. The coach will have demands on him already. And I'm sure that uh, Osmoon will have demands on himself already. So it will be interesting to see how Osmoon plays when he's actually under pressure to, to perform. Because so far he's been like this, uh, this guy that, 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 that's a young talent that we accept him to make mistakes. Uh, I think we still can accept him to make mistakes, but now we, we accept, uh, we, we also almost demand him to, uh, to perform and do well. So that would be really interesting to see how he will do against the, the UAE. Sina? Yeah, I, I completely agree with the, everything the guy said. I think... Uh, Gucci certainly for me he's a six yard box striker. You know you don't want him to get involved in the build up play. You don't want him on the ball at all. You just want him to be at the end of every chance. And that's a, that's certainly the play he's been for us in the past two years in the World Cup qualification. He's always been at the end of uh, end of crosses. He's as uh, Bobak said he's a he's a real poacher. For me Osmoon he, he's great on the ball. He's, technically he's much better than uh, better than Gucci and. Um, of course, we, we knew how talented he was. We knew we know he's a promising striker, and uh, he's got a very long way uh, to go as well in terms of uh, getting better. But um, yeah, I think with that kind of performance, even though he was 50, 60 odd minutes, he, he certainly made himself the favourite for that starting position against uh, UAE. Which I wish when he came on, I thought, as Bobak said, he, he was he really wanted to make an impression, as if he's he's lost his spot already. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he made the uh, wrong decision, you know, for the, the pass or should be to be Yeah. Anto, so you as you probably know that uh Sarah Rosman is labeled as a rainy Messi, he was linked with one of the top top big clubs and he rejected that, I believe Arsenal and he said it on a live TV show in Iran. Um, how how did you see the situation that um, as everybody else was talking about? As far as Osmoon, yes. I think I think what Kiros was using this opportunity to do is he was looking at. I think he had one one eye on UAE with this with this move, and I'll tell you why this is because I think when you play uh, the Emirates, one of the questions will come down to whether or not how much of the ball will Iran see. With with um, our friend uh, Omar Abdurrahman and uh, kind of pulling the strings here, I think they're a little bit technically uh, superior in that part of the pitch than say Iran is. I think your point about um, the the uh, the usual striker whose name eludes me at the moment. Um, I want to pronounce it right, but the, the man he replaced is more of a in the box striker. I think if you're going to play transition football. I think Osmoon is more of a, a more accomplished guy who could, who could do a lot more different things mm-hmm. in, a, in a short porch, let's say. Because I do think if you can get at UAE, it's in the defense. Because they do make some mistakes. They do cause turnovers there. So that striker is going to have to be more than a fox-in-a-box type striker. He's going to be able to have, he's going to have to be able to lay the ball off. He's going to have to do some hold-up work. He's going to have to you know drag the ball wide to bring players into that box. I think, in my mind, if I'm if I'm if I'm reading the tea leaves right, and I may be reading them wrong, I think Kiros was looking at us Moon as perhaps maybe his answer for UAE. Mr. Hashimi, I have a question from the coaching perspective on this aspect, um, especially when it comes to man management. Uh, that's a key thing with coaches. As we saw, Gucinija was trying to force himself to score a goal, and uh, he he just regularly just just sporadically just kept taking shots and stuff just to prove the point that he uh to secure himself a spot how do you think that that relationship is going to be with him and uh Kairos, uh especially considering that Osman is probably going to start if he's okay uh to heal up looking at it from coaching aspect yeah i think uh, the most important thing is for the coach what is most must belong like for the team mm-hmm. and uh, which player is better for the team uh, and uh, you you see you told me right now that Gucanija was forcing to score the goal mm-hmm. that was I, I exactly meant when I told you you have the player they let the team play better and they are good also you have the player is playing good there are two different players that's different between Asmun and uh, Gucanija mm-hmm. and uh, the Asmun is the uh, type of player he has an exceptional quality, and 
if he's playing, the team plays also better. You can you could see last 25 minutes when Gucanizad came in, we played very bad. We couldn't keep the ball, and the chances uh, we lo- lost the chances because Gucanizad wants to score by himself. How the coach look at that? It's it's, it's not difficult. The coach also looking at the uh, statistic and the numbers. If I'm not wrong, Sardar played last four games for Iran and scored three goals. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe uh, two goals of him uh, are six points for Iran. And and the coach wants to win if it's Sardar Azmi or Gucaninejad. And Gucaninejad has to accept, accept this one because Sardar is younger. I, I, I say I'm a coach, I say always, if I have a young player and an older player, but they both have the same quality, I will always choose for the young player because mm-hmm. I'm sure that I will win always something. The something it can be at that point. We won the game against Qatar. Also, Kairos can win the future with Sardar Azmo. I think uh, the Carlos is a professional uh, trainer. He explained. I am sure he had a, a talk to Guchani uh, Nejad about the situation. And, and uh, he wants to let the player play is better. And, uh, you know, uh, just an example. He still trusting Shrujai. He didn't try someone else or Omid Ibrahimi or Jahan Bash. And I'm sure if he try one of these and he will uh, win again with this young player, I'm sure for the next step he will use Sadar Azman and Jahan Bash together again. Mm-hmm. But... But but Vuchani Nejad is also a professional player. He's a good guy. He played in England, and he knows in the big level uh, this kind of things will happen. And and uh, and then Kerosh can explain him everything. I think the the important thing is the results of Iran national team, Iran's flag. That's the most important thing. Exactly. I have another question to ask, and this goes back to uh, who was our notable player. As we know, Andronik Tamarian got the man of the match, but for me, was Ashkan Dejaga. And as we saw the first game, I certainly believe that he should have gone the man, uh, the man of the match again. Uh, Pejman, um, would you agree with me, or did you see somebody else that was uh, a notable standout for you versus Qatar? Uh, yeah, I also think uh, Ashkan once again did good. Uh, he has. Every time he has a ball, uh, he always, I, I think, I, see, I want to maybe see it in him, but he always seems like he's looking for an idea. Uh, it's like, wh- what can I do that will be good for the team? What kind of players are around me that I can pass and then maybe get a new position? Uh, and also he has got some, some good uh, dribbling skills, some uh, um, which is nice, is nice to see. And he's had got a lot of uh, time with the ball, so yeah, I think Tejbaba uh, is a is a good candidate for man of the match. Sina or best Iranian? Yeah, Sina. Um, for me, it was Andranik. I think uh, we were a little disappointed with him against Bahrain, but uh, against Qatar, he was back to his usual. He was he was mm-hmm. putting in some great challenges, closing down players as he always does. And he kind of, for me personally, he kind of symbolizes the way we play, you know, that fighting spirit, making sure, you know, we win every challenge, we win every header. And uh, for me personally, he made the goal as well with that. Exactly, that sliding goal. tackle. And uh, I thought he was back to his usual best. And when he's on form, we perform better personally. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nekunan was, was much better than he usually was as well. He, he got on the ball a lot more. Um and there was also Hariri as well. I've been really impressed with him in, in this tournament. I think he's, he's without question, our number one now. Uh, he was reassuring again. I have questions over his distribution. I think he needs to um, he needs to improve. Um, at, you know, with the ball at his feet, um, his distribution is not that great. But certainly coming out and making the right decisions, I thought he was he was great again. And it's it's good to have um, a number one keeper again after a while. But back. For me, I would say uh, Ando was the heart and soul of the team, mm-hmm. and Dejava was the brain of the team. Uh, without one, without the other, would not really uh, give you anything at the end. Uh, Ashkan was excellent. Uh, first half, he was a little bit. Uh, it was difficult for him to try to get past the. Uh, 
the right back, uh, but uh, the left back, sorry, because the left back from Qatar was probably another candidate for man of the match. I think it's Hassan, number three. He's a, he's a good player. He has a good future in the game. But in the second half, when there was more space as we exp as the game expanded a little bit, especially after we scored, he was our only out ball, and he was taking the game to uh, Qatar. And uh, we were a little bit unlucky that we didn't, or maybe we were not clinical enough to take advantage of the spaces that he created for us. But Taimurian, uh, excellent performance. He broke up play. He probably had the assist for the goal for Sardar Osmoon as well. And there was a couple of times where he intercepted the ball in very crucial areas and prevented uh, uh, attacks from Qatar. So both of them were excellent. Haisafi was good as well. Habibi too. Uh, quite a few players had good performances, to be honest. Anto? For me, it was Ashkan. Um, and for a simple reason, is I think someone just alluded to the point that you know, I think he was out there as the brains uh, of the outfit. And quite frankly, you know, the work that he was doing wasn't necessarily rewarded. You know, I don't think there was, um, I don't think he got the finishing that he probably needed. I thought he was creating some space. I like what he was doing against that Qatari back an awful lot because I do think that player is a good player. And um, I, like I said, I, I like to see players, especially in, in tournaments, who who are, who are more thinking creatures than necessarily action creatures. And I, I think that's the type of guy that if Iran's going to find success in this tournament, they're going to rely on him more and more and more the deeper this goes. He's a, he's the type of guy who can also beat players one-on-one. -on -one. And at some point, if you're going to create something out of nothing, that's usually where those situations are born. Sarika Hashimi, I know you definitely won't say Pudladi, but uh, who was your uh, notable standout? <laughs> No, I was not uh, happy with Pulad because uh, with or without ball, he was very, very mm -hmm. uh, in his minimum uh, quality. But I give the all the, for the first uh, player uh, Ashka. Uh, I think uh, the, the most important thing is in Ashkan he, he could keep the ball, and if, if you are in, under pressure and you need someone to keep the ball and to come out the pressure and uh, he know he knew that he, he, he look at the spaces he can go with the ball and uh, I think second player uh, I will give to uh, definitely to Ando and still I am very surprised uh, for third person uh, or, or young uh, defender for Ali Genji he played also very well <laughs> you guys, anything else you guys would like to add to uh, any other discussions especially the way we uh, cope with uh, Qatar's attack-minded uh, forwards, bad uh, Sorry, can I just add one thing? Go for uh, it. The, the earlier discussion about uh, Pucho Rejad being poor, or uh, I know you can, Anto, you can just call him Reza. I think it would be easier <laughs> for you. Pucho Rejad is hard even for us Iranians. Right, absolutely. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, I, I do agree. He was poor with the finishing, and uh, he made some wrong decisions a couple of times, which could lead us to more goals. But uh, he was actually there every time, and he created chances, and he was really, if you want to see it in a positive way, he was really eager to, to, to perform and, and show that uh, his, uh, his starting, the starting position should be his. He was a little bit... Uh, uh, stressed, uh, I get that, but we must not forget. After all, he, he was there and actually creating the chances or being at the right place at the right time, but making the wrong decisions. Uh, so I think uh, Kairos, if he would start with Kuchanejad uh, again, uh, I can understand him. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea letting Sardar being on the bench and. Uh, making sure that Kuchanejad gets the time in the first half and maybe like 20 minutes into the second half to show himself be a little less stressful and be able to to create those chances that he's created against Qatar and hopefully make better decision, decisions. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually I, hopeful for Kuchi. I, I don't think you can drop Sardar Azmoun after that goal. It would give the wrong message to the young player and to any player. <laughs> with, a, with a goal like that, if he's fit, he has to start. It doesn't... Uh, I mean, you're really... Uh, 
I, I like the positive uh, uh, outlook on uh, Gushan Ejad's uh, performance, uh, but uh, I, I don't see it the same way. I think sometimes being too eager is a bad thing, especially when we're under so much pressure where Qatar can score from any chance. He was giving the ball away quite too often. So I really think our style of football does not suit Reza and really makes it hard for him to perform, even during the World Cup. If we had a stronger, faster uh, striker or forward, it would have made a big difference. But uh, it, it doesn't help him. And he, he could be someone who would be performing much better if we were playing a little bit higher up, down the, up the pitch and towards the opposition's goal as a poacher, where he can really show his uh, abilities as a clinical finisher. Thank you guys for everything. I just want to move on to uh, preview the UAE match. And um, one of the key things I do want to discuss about is how we should line up versus UAE, knowing that Shojai has been very, very poor for a long, long time. And I really, really want to see Jaun back starting, especially knowing that if we if we end up turning into second place, we, we're definitely going to have Japan. If we go finish top of the group, we're going to avoid them. Uh, knowing that, I seriously think we should consider Jaun back starting, and that's the lineup that I would like to see. Same with four two three one. Would see Hajsef in the middle, the Jag on the right wing, left wing Jaun Bash, and an up top Sardar Osmoon. I'm um, coming back to Sakar Hashimi. Would you agree with me? Uh, knowing that that we have I'm to win this game. I'm, absolute, I'm absolutely with you. I agree with you, Basha, mm -hmm. and uh, I think. Uh, I think personally that the UAE will be easier game for us than Qatar mm -hmm. because UAE is a team who takes the risk. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they will be not just behind the ball, they will also play um, much more for the ball, which means we can have and create much more spaces. And about the formation, I think uh, even, even Ashkan can play on the number 10 position. Mm -hmm. And you can, uh, or uh, you can put Hajsafi left or Ashkan left and Jahanbash right and the Sardar at uh, the uh, target man. And it would be much better for Iran. And they are players, they, they bring much more football in the Iran team, you know. We yes. need much more football. We have to enjoy from the game. And don't forget that. I, I, I read uh, just some, some, some comments uh, from Kafashian. He says uh, we would like to play against against Japan, and <laughs> I think I think they even think about things. You know, we have to win the game, and we have to uh, play against Iraq. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and which means you need you need a player, you need a player to create more chances. I agree with you. I Jahanbash has to play. Sardar has to play. Yeah. Sina. Yeah, I also agree with you. Although I'm not sure if Kairos will agree with us, I think he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna go for the same lineup again. Um, because the, the way with the way we play, as we've talked about many times, whether it's defensively or going forward, everything comes from midfield. So it's much harder to change things in midfield than it is, let's say, he, the way he changed Osmoon with Uchan Najad or even when he put Purali Ganji as centre-back. So I think he, he'll find it a lot more difficult changing that midfield when it's working rather than, you know, any other position. So I think he's going to go with the same lineup again because if it doesn't work, then, you know, he can make a substitution. Uh, but we've always spoke of how he needs a plan B and I think his only plan B right now is Jahan Bakhsh. So with him on the pitch, I'm not sure if he can change anything if it doesn't work. So uh, I think he's going to go with the same lineup again, with the same approach. And uh, as Mr. Hashami said, he you know, was on a risk taker. And in the last two games, they've, they've conceded goals against Bahrain and Qatar. So I think um, we will score a goal, uh, whether it's a one or two. It's, you, know, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think he's going to go with the exact same lineup again, with Osman starting, of course. Anto. Um, I think you mentioned was like putting two putting two defensive midfielders in front of that defense is probably the right thing to do. I think that's yeah. probably the right formation given the situation that's at hand. But when you're looking at UAE, you, you also got to be aware of you know not just Abdul Rahman, yeah, but those those two strikers, right, Ali Mabkut and yeah. of course Khalil, who um, who can be wasteful, but also at times when they're on it can be a little bit clinical. Um, I think you know. UAE's strengths almost play into somewhat of what Iran's strengths are at because, you know, let's face it, this is a team that's based on defense. 
but Abdul Rahman, they're probably two players in this tournament, right, that on their own can, can win you a game from midfield. One is Abdul Rahman, the other one's got to be Honda from Japan. So um, <laughs> if they don't want to face the second one, it's just two straight matches. They better they, they need to win this match. They need to win this one. Uh, I still think at the end of the day, it will be settled in the midfield. And this is where I think UAE, if they're going to win it, that's where they'll win it. Um, that doesn't mean that Iran can't win this game. I think they're going to have to turn this a little physical, um, rough up Abdul Rahman, and then you know keep it keep it tight until late in the game. If they can do that and make that late that late chance count, they can certainly get a result from this. Bobak. Uh, I actually think that, uh, like Anto said, uh, UAE's strengths and Iran's strengths are going to be clashing. We, we enjoy it when the opposition ha- plays an expansive game, and UAE wants to play an expansive game. So I think the game suits both teams in, in a way. Um, with the fact that Omar Abdulrahman, I consider him one of the best players in Asia, if not the best in terms of pure technique and talent, uh, I really think we need to have Ehsan Hajsapi in the middle to help Ando and uh, Nekunam. Mm-hmm. Both of them are in their 30s. They don't have the legs like they used to, especially uh, Javot, who's a little bit less mobile than uh, uh, than you would like for someone uh, in that position. So we're going to be overrun in the middle. I would like to have Hajsapi there, hopefully put Jahan Bash on the right side and Ashkan on the left side. To have uh, to be able to counterattack or transition well, I I think that this will be the first game where we're actually going to see pressure inside our own penalty box and shots against us. Because <coughs> Qatar had a few chances, but they were largely either from a cross header or shots from a little bit of a distance. Uh, same thing with Bahrain and uh, JC John, but uh, Ali Mabkout especially, I think uh, he was my tip for top scorer of the tournament. Uh, he's already got three goals, I think, and uh, if. Uh, if UAE uh, is to go further, he's definitely going to be a guy who's going to score goals. He's been in sensational form over the last two years. He's got about 24 goals in about 33 international games, and most of them have come in the last two years. So uh, our defense is definitely going to be tested. We're going to see if poor Ali Ganji is really going to be a centre-back solution. And uh, off the... Off the in terms of support, right in front of the defense, Ando and Dekunam are going to have their work cut out, definitely. Pejman? Man, you, you just scared me. <laughs> I was like, okay, UAE, no problem, but you're talking about this guy who's scored a lot of goals. You know, I, I don't know how offensive UAE will, will be playing against us. Uh, yeah, it would be a clash of a similar type of uh, teams uh, or, or tactics at least but uh, the UAE will settle for a draw uh, which maybe makes them like less eager to uh, attack in a way that Qatar attacked in the second mm. half that they, they were almost desperate and really moved up which made uh, which gave us plenty of opportunities which which Reza didn't uh, use very well so, so I don't know how the game will actually turn out. How will UAA think? Will they try to go for an early goal, uh, which which uh, makes them, uh, which which puts them in a situation they like that can be strong defensively, or will they just uh, play their defensive style and uh, rely on uh, their good strikers in some kind of counterattack? Uh, it, it, it's really hard to say. I think. This game will uh, will be really interesting to watch from a tactical point of view, how Kerosh will cope with that, and especially how he will do in the second half. Because we've seen a lot of games uh, uh, that when Iran being kind of poor or not being able to do much in the first half, turning the game or turning the tactics in the second half, making really good substitutions. So I'm, I'm really uh, eager to see the game in that kind of uh, view. Anto, as we both know that uh, Omar Abdul Rahman is one of your key, key, one of your key favorite players in Asian football. A very natural, talented, gifted player that I wish Iran would produce something like him. We haven't had some of them since Ali Karimi. Um, just looking at him single-handedly, how much problem would you think he would cause Iran and knowing how Iran's defense is, is considered one of the most stable and it's really, really hard for us to concede goals these days. How would you see him uh, coping with our defense and how much problem would you think he's going to cause us? I think this is going to come down to something to deal with tactics in terms mm-hmm. of Kirosh, right? Kirosh is going to have to make the decision. Does he want to sit and defend 
or does he want to attack space, right? Because if you you don't get close on, on Abdul Rahman and deny him the ball and force him wide, which is what he'll do is if he can't find any joy in the middle of the pitch, if the more you can force him wide by closing down space, he's the type of player who not only likes to get creative with the ball at his feet, but he also controls the pace of the game. He also controls the tempo. He does everything. He's almost like the nerve center. So it's almost if you kill the brain, you kill the organism when it comes to Abdul Rahman. He's going to have to make some key decisions as to who who is that guy that, that may want to press on him. And then secondly, how do you manage the card situation? Because if he gets a little crafty around in the, in the center of the center of the pitch and you're absorbing cards, that may um, that may change what he does. So I'd be very curious to see if Iran picks up early cards against Abdul Rahman, trying to take him out. Um, what that does in terms of the tone of the defense and some of the tactical decisions that Kirosh is forced to make. Um, someone had mentioned, and again, excuse me for not picking up on the name, but had mentioned the second half adjustments. That to me is going to be very very important. Um, if Iran can, again, keep it close and stay at 11 men coming coming into the second half, late to the second half, I give them a puncher's chance of at least grabbing a draw here. But Abdul Rahman, they've got, they've got to in some way force him wide without absorbing too many cards. Zarkar Hashimi? Sorry, just before that, sorry, Pasha. I just no want problem. to say that in 23 matches against the UAE, Iran has, I think, only lost one time. So let's just give the perspective and the context. Even though this is probably UAE's best ever side, we have uh, we have dominated the clashes between them. Yes, it's going to be probably our uh, most difficult game against them, but I would still say that we are we're probably just about favorites to win the game. Right, Zakhar Hashemi. Yes, I think uh, exactly what I told you in the beginning. I think the UAE can can be easier game for us. Uh, uh, because because they have a, they have a many many players uh, for the ball not behind the ball and about the Abdul Rahman uh, he is a complete uh, player he, he, if he doesn't have the ball he can uh, defend also good if he has a ball he can uh, dominate the game he can uh, give the ball he can pass the ball he can uh, create the chances for different players but we don't have to forget two important things one. Uh, what I also heard from the colleagues, the UAE is very, very dependent on him. And second one, uh, if Abdul Rahman has the ball in the attacking uh, spaces, if he loses the ball, he has lots of problem with the switchover or conversion, which means it will be lots of empty space behind him. I think Carlos Queiroz knows that already. He's, uh, he's very good if he has the ball. He, he takes many risks. We, we saw that. If, if we can if we can get the ball and we, we can use the uh, many spaces behind their midfields and that's the reason we always play good against UAE because I think I think they are, they are different than Qatar and Bahrain Bahrain wants to win against Iran doesn't matter how or Qatar but but UAE they want they have a good team they have good playing team not just Abdul Rahman I don't forget the Ahmed Khalil and mm -hmm. uh,
energy. He, he's he's very good defensively. He's he's got a high, as I said, you know, high concentration. Though he's a fantastic player. So maybe you know, I'm not saying he can or can't do, but Kairos has that option uh, as well in the locker. You know, bringing Hoysafi in the middle and um, making sure that Omar Abdurrahman has doesn't have that much space to work with. Sina just took the words out of my mouth because I was just about to say what do you, what does everyone think about Hasafi potentially man marking uh, uh, Omar because I don't think Ando has the legs and Nekunam is not a man marker anyway I feel that Hasafi has the legs to be able to press Omar and keep him on his toes but uh, there was something that Anto said about the bookings and I think Ehsan Hasafi is already on a booking which kind of uh, makes us uh, think twice about that yeah. But I think, having having said that, if Harsafi, let's say, if he does get a booking and we do win the game, then uh, we'll probably be playing against Iraq, who, with no disrespect to them, they're not in Japan. So, you know, he's got the ability to, to change it around a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe Harsafi's absence wouldn't be felt as much. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, I want to finish this up with uh, your predictions about the match. And um, I'm going to start off with Anto. <laughs> what are your uh, predictions, Anto? I'm, I'm going to go, uh, because I'm Italian, I'm going to go with the Biscotto. Uh, I think right here that hey, they're both through, um, do no damage, don't pick up the cards. You know, I, I just think that this, these are two teams two, that will look at this and say, you know, especially UAE, look, make them take the game to us in a bit because, look, we hold the goal difference. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to slow things down a bit, you know. See what opportunities are there, and uh, I just think I could see this seriously as something like a one-one draw. I really could. Yeah, fall back. Um, I, till now, my predictions haven't jinxed us because I've been a bit pessimistic. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to the same way. I'm going to say two-two draw, hoping that we're going to surprise me again. Now uh, that's because you're a Blackburn Rovers fan, which is which is okay. You know, and <laughs> yeah, it's okay for Please you to don't be like... bring that up. <laughs> uh, Pejmon. Prediction for the game. Iran will win 1-0. Goal scored by Mr. Shujai, making him earn another place in the starting eleven. National hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make a statue for him outside Azadi Stadium. Sakar Hashimi. Yes, maybe I'm optimistic, but uh, I will give 2-0 for Iran. 2-0. Sina? Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Pejman. I think one uh, 0 is uh, is probably what what we should be looking at. Yeah. Well, once again, I really uh, want to thank you guys for um, always coming on, giving your insights for the fans. Uh, it's been getting a lot of great reviews. Um, so it's usually the fans could listen to it not only on SoundCloud but on the Persian Football website. Now, and Anto, my friend, I really want to thank you personally for coming on. And uh, it's great what you do with Beyond the Pitch. It's one of my favorite podcast channels that Cena notably listens to too. Pretty sure Bobak and Sakar Hashimi and Pejron soon will listen to it too. But I really, really want to thank you for giving me your time and coming on here, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem, Jess. This was yeah. a blast. Yeah. So, guys, uh, once again, all your information will be on the bio. And um, I just really want to thank everyone for coming on. And do, 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 Iran. Thank you.